Those are my observations. <laughs> these are these are my thoughts. <laughs> yes. Uh, they might not be that insightful, but they are mine. Which you can say about every part of this podcast. Yeah. It might not be insightful, but it is ours. Yeah. That should be the tagline, man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Hey, I'm Jacob. And I'm Alden. And we're searching for answers. But poorly. So that makes us real human beings. This is our podcast where we talk about random stuff like uh, movies, TV shows, music. Teaching, politics, sports, pretty much whatever we're interested in. Uh, So what's on the schedule today? Whatever happens to you today, if you did your Duolingo lesson, you're making every day count. Ditch it or pitch it. Yeah, no, I couldn't. Um, Yeah, that might not work. I, I also... So, just some of the stuff that I wanted to point out, though, um, about it, which is maybe maybe it'll be just for a different time. Then, it's just the, the sense of entitlement that people have about this thing is so weird. Like you could literally, right? What I wanted to do is go literally on any lesson, and it doesn't matter what sentence you're gonna you're gonna do. But if you go in the comment section, there will be people who complain about it, um, which I just find really weird. I, I will um, I will say there's a theory about this um, uh, that basically states that if if you offer something for free, uh, people are more likely to complain about it. So, like one of the suggestions that Craigslist offers for when you're selling things is never offer mm-hmm. anything for free. Um, because if you offer something for free, people will be looking for problems. They they will they will instantly assume that there's something wrong with the thing that you're offering, or that there's something that isn't like quite correct. Um, so what they off what they say is like if you're trying to get rid of a couch that you just like really don't care about, don't put it up for free. Put it up for a dollar or two dollars, and that price alone will weed out the people who would complain. So like Duolingo, having people like complain about this free service, which you're you're right, it's like totally fucking ridiculous, is is probably just more a symptom of the fact that it's free. If it was if it costs like a dollar or like 50 cents or whatever just like a basic tiny amount of subscription it would actually weed out a lot of people who would mm. be on there complaining um because but when you purchase something there is sort of an expectation of like value given so like even if it's you're like oh it's it, you know like it's free this should be better or oh i'm paying 50 cents that's not actually that much and i'm getting a pretty good service for it like it weirdly our brain interprets I'm getting a good value out of this because it's so cheap. But if it's free, it's like your brain goes like, wait a minute. No, this is like something's wrong with it. There's like some sort of strange mm-hmm. psychological phenomenon that goes on with it. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm just trying to, I'm huh. trying to get one to see if I can find it or if it's going to work on here. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Discuss. So I just spelled a sentence. Duolingo works. It's very gamified. It's like, you match sounds to each other or you'll mm-hmm. like click on um, for Chinese specifically little segments of characters to spell out the sentence. And it's, it's, it's very much like a game thing. Like you get points based on how well you do, um, which I, I is the second part two of my two part pronged uh, huh. uh, uh, thing about here. But I, I just wrote, um, uh, which means how much does a driver cost for a day and uh mm-hmm. right now i'm on the comment section and uh like like really right off the bat patrick dark patrick underscore dark said how much does the chauffeur cost a day should be an acceptive alternative it's so infuriating. This is another person, Mikey Dreads. <laughs> what the hell difference is there between the cost for a day and the cost for the day? Uh, 
I did per day before and it got rejected. And then I put it a day and then it changed place. Should be an acceptable alternative. <laughs> it's just basically people complaining about the fact that they got it wrong and they think that it should be uh, there. Uh, <laughs> which is just so... People who have that much time to... Right. Uh, like comment on this and care right. this much about it. <laughs> Big Boomer yeah. one two three has like, given us the insightful comment. This thing is gay. Uh, so you know, thank you, Big Boomer. Uh, uh, Jesus. Okay, <laughs> Boomer. Ha <laughs> ha. Got yeah. him. Um. Yeah. So the oh, dregs, it is, man. It is pretty bizarre how. Uh, like, I've never felt the urge to share my opinion on YouTube or to share my opinion on anything, really. Like, like I just don't have that... Like, I just don't see the internet. Yeah. Maybe it's just because I'm on it so much. But, like, I think the people who leave comments don't yeah. use the internet, if that makes sense. Or they, like, don't interact with it the same way that i think it is interacted with because oh for sure because it's no like no one ever no, interacts with it the is, same it's way. like yeah. a primal scream into the void of nothingness nobody will ever care about what you say but you felt like you needed to say it but unlike in real yeah. life where at least somebody might hear you and be forced to understand what you said here there is no incentive you just ignore it yeah it's just it's like bizarre to me that anybody even has that impulse to do it i i agree and so... I, I that's i guess that's part of the reason why i'm so intrigued slash frustrated by these people because again i think it's like a free service and no it's not totally like perfect or anything and like sometimes you'll get words wrong that it's like why is that wrong with that not right or whatever mm -hmm. and it's just it's just like, yeah, well, but come on, dude, that's not the point. The point is not to to get the most points. Yeah. The point is to, like, improve your understanding of a language. Yeah. Like, the game is secondary to the actual goal. Yeah. It's just like no, a tool losing. to hook you in, you know? Yeah. That That's always actually such an issue with um, gamification and, and education. So, yeah. like, when you gamify something in a classroom... Uh, it instantly becomes about the game, not about what you're necessarily trying to teach. Yeah, and uh, it, even it, this continues all the way through all of life, right? Like, you give anybody some sort of sense of a reward, and they will do anything for it. Mm -hmm. And uh, marks are basically uh, sort of antecedent to that. But Julie's been going to university, and she talks about how like she's in first year courses, and she's with twenty some like you know nineteen or twenty year olds, and they're. Uh, I know, I was there uh, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're they're obsessed with getting marks. Uh -huh. Like getting really high marks. And she's like she's thinking like this is a first year course and if you get a bad mark, who gives a shit? And also, maybe that's the point. Where like why if you're always trying to get something absolutely perfect, you'll never learn. Like if you you should try something, see what mark you get and then do it again, which is like exactly what you do in education, what you should do is try to do the thing. Oh, you didn't do a great job. Do it again, like practice, right? But she was working with partners who would be like, no, we have to do... Growth mindset. Yeah, we have to do it perfect the first time. We can't make any mistake up to the end result. And mm -hmm. it's this, like, slow, so pervasive, like, mentality. Even in, like, my class, like, you have students who will be like, well, I want to make sure I get it right the first time. I'm like, I don't care if you do or don't. If yeah. you don't get it right the first time, you just do it again. Like, that. that's, the, that's how you get better at shit. Right? Like, yeah. you can't get it perfect every time. Yeah. And that's just the way it is. So, like, it that whole process of people, like, wanting the, the best result all the time is so... I mean, I'm guilty of it, too, right? Like, I'm not saying I'm some perfect uh, paragon of education and, and understanding. So, to go, to go along with that whole gamification thing, uh, and that's really, like, I mean, there's no doubt that that's what Duolingo is mm -hmm. doing. But um, I, every day, try to do at least an hour on it, um, mm -hmm. which, you know, some days less, some days more, you know, depending on whatever. Uh, and generally within that time, I will earn 200 XP around, because you get XP each time that you finish a, finish a, a, a lesson. It's, it's around 200. If I'm really trying my hardest and, like, going full out, I can get to that within one hour. Um, like today, I only got 165. Um, sometimes that happens. 
what I just wanted to comment on is that there's there's a leaderboard too. So you're you're competing against other random random people. Mm-hmm. And the people who are in first, it's like I compare my score to their score and like my ability to their ability and, and mm-hmm. it's it's I I would love to do the math here on record to see exactly how long it would take <laughs> me to get this and what are they doing to like cheat through it. Um mm-hmm. Anyways, it's only been on for one day so far, and the person in the top of my league is somebody named Irinka, and I have 165, I'm in 8th place, Um, and she's in 1st place with 522 experience points. So, if I was to go at the same thing, that would mean she's been doing it for like two and a half hours, Mm -hmm. probably. Um, Which, yeah, I, I kind of wish that I had caught it at um, maybe midway through the week, and I could I could show right. you that. But instead, right. I'll, I'll go I'll go backwards. <laughs> There's another person that I follow. You can you can follow friends randomly. You get extra points for it or whatever. Um, yeah. One of the people I follow last week, her total XP that she got was uh, nine thousand experience points. Wow. So. I'm just, like, I haven't actually done this math. I'm just curious. So 9,000 divided by 200. How much is that? Uh, uh, let me let me do that for you real quick there. Give me those numbers. 9,000 divided uh, by 200. 45. 25. 45. 45. 45. 45. So, by my account, like, she spent 45 hours uh in one week to get those right. like if if she went at my pace right. 45 hours how many is that a day divided by seven is that like eight hours like how much is that that's like uh six five that's uh 6.4 hours so she you know i i don't think that's physically possible <laughs> i don't know if people are just way faster than i am right or if they're somehow like just while they're working just constantly practicing the language or something i i just i don't see it's it's like i i just would be wouldn't be surprised if somehow people are cheating Mm. in order to get a better score so they can be top of the leaderboard in a free app that like i i don't know i just don't get this psychology of like why somebody would do that uh yeah you know it's i get bored i get bored like i get bored like 45 minutes in like the last 15 minutes for me is really tough like i have to push myself um right now um so i can't imagine doing it for more than than that in like one sitting uh yeah huh yeah i mean that's it's beyond my ken i'll i'll say that much it it is it is too much for me to even think that somebody could i mean uh, that granted i play video games so like what the fuck do i know but um like dedicating your time to a free app for duolingo to to get the most score seems kind of ludicrous i don't know i just don't know how it's possible either like don't people have to go to work or like yeah, they just go to sleep work. or go play video games you do that at the same time i don't know i don't think that's possible yeah. anyways <laughs> after about a year i have a 329 day streak on it right now um those are my observations <laughs> these are these are my thoughts <laughs> yes uh they might not be that insightful but they are mine <laughs> which you can say about every part of this podcast <laughs> Yeah. It might not be insightful, but it is ours. Yeah. <laughs> that should be the tagline, man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Anyways. But we do have fun. We do have fun. <laughs> yeah, I don't know I don't know which part of this will be in the episode, or which part will be a bonus, or yeah, if who, they'll both make it, it in. Matter. Who knows? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Uh, regardless of that... Uh, Nothing matters. Coming up next, it's... Pitch it or ditch it.
artist vibes coming at you right now. This is Sheldon Lee. He spells Lee with four E's. Sheldon spelled the same way as most people do. This song is called Tong Nian Hui Wei, or um, translating to uh, Tong Nian means uh, aftertaste or something you're remembering. And uh, Hui Wei means childhood, so uh, literally translated to aftertaste of childhood. But I am also not a uh, master Chinese man. I have completed, as of the recording, a full 365 days on Duolingo. No big deal. I can tell you that it feels a little bit like Alexander must have felt. You know, he wept, for there were no more lands to conquer. Been trying to find a different language app that I like to use. Um, haven't really found one quite as good. Since I've finished all of the lessons on Duolingo. Yeah, I don't know. I just like this song. I don't really have much to say in this this break, but um, I will talk about Sheldon Lee a little bit. Uh, everything that you can find on him, he is Chinese and he lives in Australia, I think. And uh, he released a song the day that we recorded this episode. So I think that's kind of fun. Uh, it wasn't this one, but it was still cool. If you're into it, check him out. Give him a like. All right. On to the next thing. Let's keep this train rolling. Um, so, uh, I guess my, my question, or I guess just to explain to this in the selection process is, uh, for the actors, I, I chose the top five mm-hmm. earnings, the last five best picture, and then the last five best supporting, and then did the same for the actresses. And then for the directors, it's the top five earning and the top five best directors. Interesting combination there. Uh, all right, Jacob, welcome to Pitch It or Ditch It. Where whoa, I whoa, pitch how it. did I get here? What am I doing? Oh my God, he, what whoa. happened? <laughs> That's right, Jacob, you are now a Hollywood producer. Uh, and you are going to hear my pitch. I didn't choose the, next, the life, the life chose me. The, the, the next big blockbuster, the next big uh, winter release coming out of your, uh, coming out of the Dark Wolf Studios uh oh, cool. production office we're we're doing uh, yeah oh, oh yeah yeah music movies we're getting into movies right I we're getting into movies so yeah I, I i come in uh you're i want you i'll, I'll lay out the scene you're you're in your your the board office right you're sitting at the, the the top of the table i come in it's one of those like uh executive meeting places where like the one of the walls is glass uh so like people walking by can look in but they can't hear um so you can like you know yell at people and they get all embarrassed and blah 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 but really, uh, and, I'm just, it's a joke. It's a practical joke we're playing it's on because I'm like actually saying, hey, just pretend like I'm yelling at you, but really yeah, I'm yeah. saying really nice things. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's you're, what type of Hollywood of... executive I'd be. Yeah, you're, you're the nice producer. Uh, uh, so I, I come in and I, I, I slap the script down and I say, Mr. Scribble. Wow, that's aggressive. <laughs> Mr. Scribble Hard, I got the, the script that'll take you to the top. Me to the top? Uh, yeah. It, let me just lay the scene. It's an adventure film. We're going back to the late 90s era of adventure films. I want you to think of Masks of Zorro. I want you to think of The Mummy. The Mummy Returns. Tomb Raider. The first one with Angelina Jolie. All those classic adventure jams are going to tap in to the millennial market who are now entering their 30s, have uh-huh. fond memories of the, of the 90s. They all, they all want that nostalgia blast. We're coming back to that at that adventure uh, milieu. All right, you got me on the hook, but can you reel me in? All right, so next we got to find who who's going to be our stars. It's it's who's going to be our our cast, right? And who so do you got for me? Our leading man. All right, our leading man is <laughs> Gary Oldman. I know he's <laughs> looking. 
we're, we're picking him up hot off of his Oscar win uh, for Darkest Hour. But we're going to bring him in. He's going to be... Classic uh, millennial draw there, right there. <laughs> yeah, yes. they're like, oh, I they remember. Loved, they loved Darkest Hour. They're going to love him in whatever this is. <laughs> they're going to love him in... They loved him in uh, The Fifth Element. Um, the Professional, all that stuff, yeah. And then who is his Who's his co-star here? Yeah. Well, none other than the uh, <laughs> lovely Jennifer Aniston. We're going back Whoa. to Friends now. We're driving that one forward. And we're going to meld the two together into a, a seamless, syncretic whole. <laughs> Jennifer but, Aniston and Gary Oldman. Wow. Yeah, all right. Yeah. It's it's a bit of a, you know. He's Not a pairing the, I've seen before. Is this like going to be a comedy adventure? Or is this just like. A... I think there are going to be comic elements. We could talk. We could roll another genre. I mean, we could talk about the other genre that has uh, been. No, I just mean, I think you should. I think you should roll with what you got, but uh, I want to hear well, what else you got up this sleeve. The, the, Hot there shot is a bit. There person. is an element of comedy. There's a. It's a bit of a rom com. You know, uh, Gary Oldman. Ooh. He plays a sort of a retired adventurer who's 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 resting. He's sort of like, all right, I've done. He's is Indiana Jones. He says this belongs in a historical institution. That belongs in a museum. So do you. Yes, and he's the curator, and he, he used to be quite wild, but now he's, he's very tame and, and, and calm down. Jennifer Aniston is uh, is his uh, faithful companion from those days, too, uh, and then they get roped back into that life. So it's, and, and they finally act on those latent feelings that they had when they were, when they were, were younger, and it's sort of all on the spools. Now, of course, with this dynamic power duo sure. uh, of, of actor and actress, we need to have a, a director who can really take this to the next level, so... That's why I've decided that James Cameron should be in charge of this. We're going to take him off oh, Avatar. We're, we're going to bring him in. And really, or, it, wait, is this are you is this part of the Avatar series? Is this like yes, an Avatar right. prequel? It's an Avatar spin-off. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's prequel. a spin-off. Oh my goodness. It, it, yeah, so Gary Oldman, he's that he's that adventure, but he's now going to have his final last adventure in space. He's going to go into space and find Avatar Planet with Jennifer Aniston. James Cameron's directing. It's an adventure with the rom-com elements. It's a surefire hit. Wow. I think you should really <laughs> take this opportunity. And, and, and what's the title? Avatar the, the First the Airbender? Uh, um, uh, uh, hold on. Um, uh, it's called... Uh, <laughs> Shit, I'm trying to think of a pun. Uh, old man, look at my life. Uh, that's... <laughs> <laughs> wow! You know what? Wow! I yeah. I'm gonna rubber stamp that right here, uh, right now. Okay, um, great. Thank I mean, you. it is funny because Jennifer Aniston, she was in a bad Adam Sandler movie earlier this year mm -hmm. called yeah. Murder Mystery, or last year or whenever it was, but yeah, recently. <laughs> And it is like, like, this is going to sound like mean either way, but she's not like she was in Friends. Like, she's older now. Like, she's an older yeah. actress. But mm -hmm. I still think of her as a young, like, actress. person. She definitely seems younger than Gary Oldman, even, she even if, you know. Yeah. So it, I mean, it's in I... his name, Old Man. Yeah, <laughs> come on. But James Cameron, man, he can make a movie. I'm intrigued. <laughs> so, Jacob, Jacob, why don't you spin the wheels? I'll spin them for you. Or yeah, yeah, do you another can spin one. them for me. Because um, we got the. All right, I got a hot right. new scoop. Uh, ring, so... ring, ring, ring. What's that? <laughs> it's your phone. <laughs> it's it's a romance film. Hey, hey, Mr. Hollywood producer, have I got a pitch for you? I I got a hot uh, okay. heavy romance. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, oh, romances are in right now. We haven't had a good one since the Notebook. I'm, I'm excited to hear what, uh, what actors and actresses you have uh, for this, this saucy new well, title. Well, as you know, I love pitching romance films. I love them. I, I watch them all the time. And this one is going to star... It's going to star Rami Malek. Rami Malek. Oh, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> Fresh uh, off. The, the young... Fresh off, fresh Mr. Robot and uh, you know uh, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, Mr. Robot, where he plays a 
vehemently violent, like, anti-social hacker. <laughs> yeah. And, well, then no, Fre- and then Freddie Mercury. He does have a certain sort of je ne sais quoi that could appeal His himself. His weird face to is going to get people. stuck in door frames. It's so big. <laughs> That's going to be a huge plot point. Right. As he falls in love with... Uh, Allison Janney. Allison Janney. <laughs> I don't know who that is. Let me just look that up. I actually don't know who this is. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Ah, yes. I see it. Yeah, right. the, oh, wow. The recognizable Allison Janney, who uh, is, is an underrated yeah. uh, person in almost every single film she's in. Juno. Uh, uh, um, uh, uh, I, Tanya. Um, her her sitcom mom. What was she, um, what was she in? What was she in? Uh, uh, Juno. She was uh, the stepmom. Ah. Uh, she, uh, she's not in it for very much. I mean. But, yeah. yeah. Oh, I I recognize her face. Oh, so interesting. This is kind of like a what's that movie with um uh, uh De Niro uh, <laughs> uh no. <laughs> the graduate. No, the graduate. It's uh, like a graduate. Dennis, Dennis, uh, uh, Hoffman. Dennis Leary. Dennis Leary. Uh, Hoffman. <laughs> Dustin Hoffman. Um, Dustin and, Hoffman. And you kind of gave it away because uh, oh. I was going to angle towards. Uh, anyways, yeah, go ahead. Uh, Keep going. Who's my director? No, I, I see. I see. Uh, uh, Mr. Scrubberhorn, I see your vision. It's excellent. A, a reboot of The Graduate. Excellent idea. Yes. Excellent idea. Um, and who, who's my director? Uh, your director is okay, Steven Spielberg. Steven Spielberg. Oh man, he's going back to his time of the uh, the Terminal, uh, which everybody loves. They love that movie. Um, he's not well known for his uh, really love stories, but he's trying to break into the romance genre. Um, He's more about the love that a dad has towards his son rather than, like, mm-hmm. you know, two consenting adults. But he's also a powerhouse yep. of the 80s, okay. and that makes him perfect to do this reboot of The Graduates. And this one is, is called... Is, are there going to be any other... This, this, this one's called, though, what? we gotta, we got to update it. It's called The Post-Graduate. Right. Oh! Interesting. That's we're gonna have oh, Rami Malek. Okay. He's he's already proven that he can be a a, a sullen loner in I in Mr. Robot, not mm. I Robot. That's a totally different movie. Um, and mm. uh, you know he's gonna be. They're gonna have that off kilter weird filming thing, and he's gonna have that dark, depressing monologues in his head. And then Allison Janney is also gonna be there, and she's gonna be hilarious. Everybody's gonna love her. She's gonna win a ton of awards. Steven Spielberg gonna be a really underrated. Uh, uh, director, um, but he's gonna knock this one out of the park. Post graduate. <laughs> well, I am, I am, uh, just wanting to see this movie so badly. It, it hurts um, me. Uh, well, we pitched them, folks. Now you gotta tell us which ones pitched, which ones ditched. <laughs> if we had an audience, this would be where it would be like, you know, yeah. Uh, a romance starring uh, Rami Malek and Allison Jenny, directed by Steven Spielberg. Uh, a reboot of The Graduate called The Postgraduate, or an adventure prequel movie to the Avatar series, starring Gary Oldman and Jennifer like, Aniston. Yeah. Frankly, I think I'd see The Postgraduate. I feel like I feel like that has I, more. I'm more going interested in moment. seeing Rami Malek uh, than I am Gary. Well, yeah, I mean, Gary Oldman's yeah. pretty good, but like the combination of Gary Oldman and Jennifer Aniston is just too weird. <laughs> you want to talk about? You want to talk about zero chemistry? That's 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 it. Also, right like, man, Jen, she like was supposedly like, and she probably was the the. She probably was the most successful actress from Friends, but I mean, she didn't really ever break out of her kind of rom-com no. light role, you know. Life. She never really did any drama. She yeah. never really did any anything other than that. Yeah, it's like, God, um, get a new shtick. Jeez. Versus Gary Oldman, who's like a very... I mean, he's done comedy stuff before, but he's like way more serious. I mean, he, he, did, he did Darkest mm-hmm. Hour, which was a huge, you know, 
great white man type Oscar winning role. Mm-hmm. Uh, that classic yeah. type. So yeah, I think I think you might have been hoisted by your own casting. Yeah, the cast, you know, it just Gary Oldman though he 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 called up and he demanded to be on this project. <laughs> he said, "Give me, give me James Cameron. Give, yeah, I want to be a blue avatar. I will be a blue avatar, and I will have a cool tail, and uh, I don't know, link minds with the flying weird <laughs> dino creatures." That's what happened. I'm pretty sure. I remember that. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Again. Oh, jeez. You get to decide. <laughs> you, audience, get to decide which one goes to the cutting room floor and which one gets produced into a movie. classic classic example um stay tuned to the end there's some bonus snippets where we talk for a really long time about james cameron and avatar and um the pirates of the caribbean franchise weirdly um don't know how we got there but music is a kind of horrendous remix of uh the sound of silence some real cheesy edm music right there it's one of the first things that comes up when you type in sound of silence remix it's like some dance troupe i guess i don't know the dancing seems pretty good to me but um i'm not a dancer uh but the music itself oof uh very very uh stereotypical or i don't know cheesy uh what word you want to use for that in my version of the postgraduate um because the original 1967 film uses uh, the sound of silence like three times i want to say um in my version i really hope steven spielberg chooses not to update it uh like this maybe uh get a more fashionable maybe get like billy eilish or something to to cover it that'd be pretty cool and also very 2020 trendy our last part for this episode is Picks of the Week, so um, let's get to it. Fools and I, you do not know. Silence like a cancer grows. Hear my words and I'm a high teacher. Take my arms and I'm a high teacher. But my words, like silent raindrops fell. And tenements halls Uh, welcome back, everybody. Well, that was a great podcast we just had, right, Jacob? All those things we talked about. Whew, I tell you. There were so many things. So many things. All the things we discussed. Here we are at Picks of the Week. Uh, our favorite yeah, time. It's Picks of the Week. Oh, our favorite. Jeez, uh, it's been so long. Uh, our favorite time to talk about all the things that we like over the last week slash weeks since I think it's been, oh, I want to say going on a month since we last did a... An, an RHB. That's uh, peeking yeah. behind the, For a while. the magic of the editor. Jacob I don't know about, you know, editor. I do put the, I do put the dates in, in the episode title themselves. So uh, J- Jacob, uh, Jacob is, and always has been our, our lovely editor at uh, RHB. <laughs> also our uh, CEO, president, secretary, treasurer, and keeper of the passwords. Uh, a lot of hats, a lot of hats, man. <laughs> You know, I need a bigger hat box because I have so many hats. Yeah. My um, hat is, uh, I don't know what my hat is. I don't think I have Co-host and best friend. Co-host, best friend, and I guess composer. Uh, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, anyway, Jacob, you said No, you no, this is lot... RHB. This isn't pretty much it. 
<laughs> we're not cool enough to be anywhere associated with those guys. Uh, ha ha ha! Oh. Wow. All right. I don't know if any okay. of these are gonna land or any of these are gonna be good jokes for later. But uh, nothing lands at this place until my nearly <laughs> silent co-host, um, wagging her tail at me. Uh, <laughs> so picks of the week, anyways. Jacob, yeah, picks of the week. Jacob, you had a bunch that you said you liked. Uh, why don't you tell me what your first pick of the week is, and then I'll do mine, and then you'll do yours. All right, cool. Again. I mean, technically, I have three. Just one really quick one because this is cross promotional or whatever. Uh, is a little video that came out a little while ago yes. on the RHB site. Uh, yeah. The Crab Guy. among my friends who watched it <laughs> i'm very happy how it came out it's exactly what i wanted um, yeah we just love crabs man and we wanted we to make a music crabs. video about it jacob jacob approached me i want to say three years ago he had this very avant-garde concept he said there's going to be a song called bad guy by an artist known as billy eilish uh and i want you to make a parody song in three years time uh when i come up to prince george and uh, we did exactly that. Uh, we met all of the, the requirements. And uh, it was a real treasure, a treat and treasure and honor to be part of the crew that brought uh, Jacob's dream to life. Yeah, um, so I will say the one thing that I got wrong in my Nostradamus prediction was the fact uh, that I thought she would have um, yellow hair. And she actually ended up having like that green hair. So, yeah. Eh, you, know, uh, it's, you know. Can't always get it right. Uh, you know, they being a seer is a is a uh, a difficult task it's a hard thing you know and i used my seer searing knowledge to uh do the best thing possible make a parody video of yeah. a song that already kind of is over uh in terms of popularity so <laughs> if if, but... if if rhb can stand for anything it's becoming too late to the party and leaving too early <laughs> <laughs> That's too true, though. <laughs> uh, but we do have fun. No, it was a, it was a lot of fun making it. Uh, bad guy, very easy song to to make slash parody. Um, the longest, I think the the longest amount of time we spent on it was the lyrics. Uh, that 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 took yeah. Years. That took about two years. Um, That's true. <laughs> and you can tell from their yeah, absolute yeah, brilliance. Totally. Yeah. Um, what's that's one of mine uh i'll have two more but uh two yeah. let's get some yours <laughs> um uh let's see what's a pick of the week for me what's something that's been really making me happy i think one of the things that i've been like really pleased with lately um is just kind of uh the some of the musical stuff i've been working on uh jacob has had me making smaller songs um i say has had me making uh very loosely because he's not forcing me to and i'm really not fulfilling a lot of his demands um so it's it's kind of a uh a, a lukewarm response for myself but the ones i have made for him uh, i was very happy with and it's it's kind of nice to be working with a sort of constrained narrative so basically uh for those viewers at home who don't uh watch our tv show or watch our behind the scenes live streamed events uh jacob sends me suggestions uh for music and I, I usually have about a, a minute that I have to sort of fill in. Like it's 50 seconds uh, of, of music that I have to make. And they're usually kind of obtuse, weird suggestions. And mm -hmm. then I just have to roll with them. And that's like really generative. It's, it's, it's nice. It's, it's useful for a, a, uh, a frying pan kind of mind um, to just be like, okay, do this thing. And yeah. uh, you do it and then that's it. That You don't do anything more. It's just that's the thing that you did. Um, yeah. No, I, I, I yeah. Yeah, I, they've so, been really good. I have nothing to say but good things about them. Yeah, um, no. I'm, you... Again, I'm very happy with the response. Mm -hmm. uh, the only thing that I'm 
displeased with in terms of myself. I know this is picks of the week, but I'm a, I can't help but inject a bit of negativity into the whole proceeding. The classic that... Alden <laughs> self like uh, flagellation. Yeah, yeah. You have to. You have to. Any good. Any good uh, Lutheran German will tell you that a bit of self flagellation is important to uh, <laughs> to have. Uh, my output is slow, um, so that that's 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 all I'll say. But regardless, I am very happy with what I have. I am very pleased with the the uh, the outcome. Yeah. They're they're very good, and uh, you guys probably, if you've been keeping up, you probably heard one as we dropped uh, a feed. We 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 dropped one in our in this feed uh, mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. previously. Uh, but if you wanna if you wanna listen to more, you can head on over to uh, if you look up to Cameron twenty twenty uh covid stories something like that if you type that into your podcast app it'll probably come up i think (laughs) maybe not there will be a link for it in the this episode description so yes if you want to hear more i would say say definitely say that's a pick of the week for me Mm. great yeah they've been really good um uh my uh second pick of the week uh, <laughs> is a kind of um relatively uh um small youtuber even though that's that, like you know you say that and he's still i just i just saw this and he's still got uh ninety seven thousands you know subscribers which is just like yeah, jesus yeah, yeah. like but that's technically like i don't think that's huge like in terms of no whatever. that's that's considered relatively underground right and which is just crazy but um his name is uh Aton shea films i'm not sure if i'm saying it quite right um so so the youtuber himself he's like a historian he's he's interested in uh uh-huh. um, mostly um union uh civil war type type history so he's right. he's worked as a like a uh um not a reenactor, but like a, a, a living interpreter, I guess they call it, or yeah. something like that. Um, and he just he just makes you know videos about better it. than a dying interpreter. <laughs> yeah, it's better than that. <laughs> um, one of the specific ones that I kind of wanted to highlight. Uh, he has a bunch. Um, I haven't watched all of them, but I've watched some of them. Uh, but the the one series that I really kind of enjoyed was uh, it's called Checkmate Lincolnites. Why did the North invade the South in eighteen sixty one? Was it because they hated slavery? No, it was to save the Union. Checkmate, Lincolnites! Um, Which I think is just a funny uh, uh, title, Um, but he plays two characters. One is a Union soldier, one is a Confederate soldier. And, and mostly what the aim of the show is, is to kind of tear down myth of the lost cause type uh, arguments. about the the north and the south and uh he'll take actual like like the um the dialogue that from the um confederate perspective is often taken from the comments he gets on his videos uh which is kind of funny um just because abolition wasn't a primary northern war aim doesn't change the fact that the south unequivocally seceded to preserve slavery South Carolina, for example. South Carolina seeked succession from the Union first for reasons that are debated upon. Slavery. Debated upon? What was Lincoln's reaction? Violate constitutional law and did multiple acts of war against a state that by law should have been able to succession from the Union. In response to the actions of the president, which was tyrannical. Dude. South Carolina seceded before Lincoln was even inaugurated. That sounds kind of pretty. That sounds pretty interesting. Yeah, and he'll 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 do it kind of point by point and like explain like the historical thing behind it and like why they're wrong and or misinterpreting or something. Um, uh, and there's one other one that I want to highlight is just uh, if you're wondering about like uh, Confederate monuments, he had one uh, really recently that said you're probably wrong about Confederate monuments that I thought was really well done and highlighted. Um, the simplicity but powerful statement that is the Gettysburg Address, uh, mm-hmm. which I don't think I take, I, I I take for granted more than I should. I should appreciate it more because it is a very beautifully said statement that's very short but eloquent. The Confederacy existed because of the outcome of a free and fair democratic election. The Confederacy didn't stand for American values. It stood for might makes right. When America is its best self, 
we consistently deplore the ideology of might makes right. Britain under George III believed that might made right. Imperial Japan believed that might made right. Nazi Germany, Soviet Russia, Al-Qaeda, and the Confederacy. There's a lot to be ashamed of in American history. Slavery, Native American genocide, the Monroe Doctrine, Manifest Destiny, the Mexican War, Vietnam, Iraq, white supremacy, the list goes on. But there's a lot to be proud of too. A lot of things to celebrate. And the cause of the Union during the Civil War is one of them. There's a reason that this quote is so fucking overused. <laughs> it's definitely a cliche at this point, uh, but it really does cut to the core of what preserving the Union really meant to these people. You don't hear it much anymore, which I think is a damn shame. So here it is. Four score and seven years ago, our fathers brought forth on this continent. Yeah, isn't only like a, a ten-minute speech, if that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, I don't know. You know, I, I'm 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 an amateur when it comes to this type of thing, but I do know that uh, uh, Daniel Webster. I think it was Daniel Webster. Uh, like had like a five hour long speech before Lincoln or something crazy like that. Like he was just like going on for all this all the time. And then Lincoln got up and like, yeah, had this very, very short thing and uh, totally blew him out of the water basically, uh, which is just mm -hmm. funny. Cause like, that's what people used to do as opposed to go to movies. They used to just like listen to people give speeches, which is just funny. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, boring back then, huh? They say brevity is the soul of wit. They do. And you've said that on this podcast before. <laughs> um, that's why I'm so funny exactly exactly <laughs> you know they always say Alden tells quick easy non-pun filled jokes you know they, that's routinely the compliment I hear that's what um, I hear all the time yeah I mean uh, this is um, this is apropos of nothing really but um, mm -hmm. the whole argument of like the statues and like it's interesting to hear civil war discourse um I can't remember, uh, I was watching, I was just falling down the rabbit hole of YouTube, and uh, sure. one of the things that came up was like a TED talk given by a, a gentleman who's a professor on the Civil War in the state of like Georgia or something like that, or South Carolina. Mm. And he talks about how like when he was initially learning it, he was a good Southern boy, he heard, you know, it was the War of Northern Aggression, it was blah, 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 all these sort of euphemistic phrases that the, the South liked to bring in uh, following yeah. in the sort of post-bellum post -bellum years. And, uh, you know, when he was getting into his, his doctorate and his, his, his sort of his advanced education, he's like, you know, my professor was like, all right, let's get this out of the way with. Um, <laughs> the Civil War was about slavery. Yeah. That's it. Like, yeah. the, the, the cause <laughs> is about slavery. And there's like some, there was some meme going around on yeah. uh, Twitter where it's like, um, you don't know anything about the Civil War. Yeah, it's probably about slavery. You know a little bit about the Civil War. Maybe it's not about slavery. <laughs> you know a lot about you, you. You know a lot about the Civil War. No, it's about slavery. <laughs> like the the middle <laughs> the middle ground of where you may only know yeah. a little. You go like, oh, well, maybe it isn't about slavery. You know, maybe that isn't totally what it is. And then you learn more, and you're like, no, no, it's one hundred percent about slavery. There's no Dunning Kruger effect, right? Haven't we, yeah, we've talked exactly. about that before, right? Exactly. <laughs> or the or the dip the depth the dip in knowledge. Like if you don't know something, you know you don't know something. Right. And if you know you know something, you know that you don't know something. Yeah, and then totally. in the middle where you think you know something is the worst part. Mm -hmm. When you think you're knowledgeable. That's like the that's the danger zone. Um so that was your those are your three? Jacob, or, uh, or no, there's there's one more after that, uh, but uh, one more. Do you, do you have do you have anything else? Um, it's it's okay if you don't. I can I can. I do I do. I, I started reading up on uh, this sort of this process. Uh, I got sort of down stuck down like in an art rabbit hole. I guess would be the best way to describe it, or just sort of like looking at. Um, I I got linked through this through like reading about. Uh, old historical accounts of um, people's private lives. So, like, basically, one of the arguments that gets tossed around a lot by the alt-right and by the conservatives nowadays is that, like, we're living in a moral degeneracy. That we're living in an era that because of liberal or democratic processes, uh, society is taking a step backwards in terms of an ethical or moral um, position. Like, we're, we're not as good as we used to be. 
mm-hmm. and that's often trotted out. Like, uh, women are more slutty. Men are not real men. They're more feminine. <laughs> uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. Whatever yeah, bullshit they want to come up with. Yeah. Right? <laughs> right? And, like, <laughs> I went down this sort of, this chain of like no people in the past were just as quote-unquote morally degenerate (laughs) if not more sure because humans are human like humans want to fuck we want to fight and we want to eat food and like those things are like transcendental truths that hold true kind of to no matter which culture or era that you're in so like there's this (laughs) there's this great uh portrait it's called beauty revealed it was never meant to be given to anybody beyond the recipient and it was a female artist in the 1820s and she did a stunning small scale portrait of her own breasts. Uh-huh. And the reason she did this was because she wanted to seduce the man she was trying to marry. So she literally sent him a nude Snapchat, yeah. essentially. Yeah. It wasn't so intended funny. for anybody to see. It was it was yeah. literally like, here's here's my tits. Marry me. <laughs> uh, and 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 so like for somebody to say with like all mm. the the apoplectic fury of an impotent man saying like well, we used to be proper and blah 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 it's Dennis like Prager, you yeah. have no fucking idea of like how humans have always been that way mm-hmm. and it gives me a great deal of satisfaction listening to people's arguments and knowing that they're wrong like it, it's like when somebody is to challenge you or like to not challenge you to bring up a point that you just know is objectively false that f- there's a certain sort of schadenfreude that you that i get uh, Definitely, and I would say that that feeling. Is, this is uh, linked in a large part to the argument that I had uh, uh, last week. <laughs> um, the sort of oh, a feeling of yes. grim vindication and, this argument and satisfaction you had with, a, with a person about yeah some, yeah exactly some weird held uh, back bending like you know they really had to bend over backwards to prove that point. Um, yeah, so I, I think I think what you're saying does connect to some of the things that that. Um, I was talking about before checkmate Lincolnites in particular, like like I'm not right as well versed as him or up on like the specifics. Like he's able to go through point mm-hmm. by point and kind of point out like no, this is wrong. Like the South did have more guns or like whatever, blah blah blah. Yeah. Um, but like the general swaths of stuff I know, like it's not it's not teaching me anything new that I didn't already know mm-hmm. at some point. He just has like the the facts available um to see right. like right off right off the cuff um but there there's there's a certain amount of satisfaction that you get from somebody basically like dropping a whole bunch of logic and reason you know yeah that's why ben or shapiro just... is my favorite <laughs> yeah i love ben shapiro that all of the water levels around the world rise by by let's say five feet over the next hundred years say 10 feet by the next hundred years and it puts all the low-lying areas on the coast underwater right which let, let's say all of that happens you think that people aren't going to just sell their homes and move? Just one small problem! Sell their houses to who, Ben? Fucking Aquaman! Yeah. No, like, or just seeing people like Ben Shapiro who think that they have some gotcha moment when you can just be like, no, that's like factually incorrect. Fucking Aquaman! So like, again, this is this this very vindictively relates to my argument that I had. Yeah. Um, but it was just that feeling of like, you're wrong and there's no way around that. And no matter how much you try and twist and contrive your words of saying like, this is like the correct way or whatever. Yeah. Doesn't, doesn't make it any, like you can, you can lie and that's okay. Lying is fine, but it's not going to like change the fact that it's still a lie at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, the simple, the simple one of like you know, it was about states' rights. States' rights to what? Yeah. What what state I mean, right are they talking about? That's like the most obvious. Yeah. So, yeah, I know, so but again, but again, that's no, the, but I, I just mean like it's so like even that like that's that's all it, that's all it takes. I mean, come on, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Um, well, then my final one, uh, which I don't know. I guess I'm just trying to like doesn't make a difference what am i saying signal boost this 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 goes out to like five people oh no i'm horrible um oh no uh no but i i guess partly i'm trying to signal signal boost this a little bit because i i enjoy this guy and enjoy his content and uh mm. if you're interested in it uh check him out too 
but uh, this guy, Carlos Maza, um, he worked for Vox for a while. Um, you might have seen like his videos. He did a bunch of ones called Strike Through. Um, mm -hmm. He recently started his own he, uh, YouTube channel. I, I really enjoy his videos. They're interesting. They talk about politics. He's kind of a leftist, uh, Marxist-type guy. So, you know, there's that bias to it. But I will say, I think he comes with a lot of um, understanding about the situation he's in. Like, he knows, like, the people, like, like in his kind of trailer video, he mocks himself. Uh, he has, like, yeah. alter egos. Like, he has a left side, he has a right side who, like, right, are yeah. part of, that. that's what they represent. But he kind of mocks himself because they, they're saying, like, oh, you're just, like, ContraPoints, but less funny. Or just, like, you know, philosophy tube but not, uh, not buff yeah. or whatever. Every story needs a bad guy, and I make bad look good. Plus, if I don't roast you, the commenters will. They're gonna roast him anyways. He's like ContraPoints with no confidence. He's like Philosophy Tube with no upper body strength. He's the only person pathetic enough to make people root for Steven Crowley. Hey, too soon. And it's like, <laughs> he knows the people, he knows the big names in this realm already. Like, he, right. he's already kind of passed that test. Um, his name's Carlos Maza. Um, oh, Maza, that's right. Uh, yeah, and he's, um, I don't know, I, I think his videos are entertaining. I think uh, they're interesting. They, they do a really uh, good job of concisely kind of um, mm -hmm. mm, summarizing, like, a, an issue or whatever. So. Um, right. Oh, wow, another YouTuber talking to themselves to avoid being held accountable for what they say. Groundbreaking. Whatever this is, I don't want it. Who are you? I'm your right flank, baby. The reasonable centrist who believes in compromise. The classical liberal who only wants to protect free speech. And the swing voter you're gonna lose with this soy boy bullshit. You can call me Charles. Wait a second, do I actually have a little centrist inside of me? Buy me another drink and we'll see what happens. Oh, gross. Nice. Look, I'm your dramatic foil, okay? You need a godless centrist? I'm your guy. You need a fascist bootlicker? Sign me up. How can you be a centrist and a fascist? Inertia? Good point. Yeah, I just, you know, I enjoyed him on Vox. I'm sure I'll enjoy his videos now too. So that's all. Um, cool. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's it for me. That, that, that's all, folks. But, uh, <laughs> a, a, a lot of items. Uh, uh, so, oops. But, you know, there it is. You know. <laughs> You, you do you do you man I, I will never stop I won't stop never blah, blah, blah. I will never stop you from expressing yourself oh that's so nice of you <laughs> yeah I, I try I try really hard <laughs> cool well uh, from all of us here at the studio <laughs> thank you thank you what else do I say says. <laughs> good night and I love you <laughs> I guess that is our our sign off thing now. Huh? Um, well, <laughs> if you if you do things enough times, uh, you know, people know, respect like, you. Consistency also know. makes a difference, but <laughs> sure. Yeah, um. consistency. <laughs> consistency. <laughs>
Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. Comedy about, you know, if he cloned himself. <laughs> I think, I, I really do think the Rami Malek one actually has some potential. <laughs> I, would, I would watch that movie. I mean, they are all about, um, you know, uh, rebooting stuff that we've already seen. And I mean, I guess I kind of forced you into making it an Avatar prequel. So... They're both basically. I mean, well, yeah. I mean, it makes the most sense. James Cameron is kind he's of. He's locked into that now. Yeah, he's he's pretty locked in. Yeah, yeah. He's he he pretty much only cares about that series, which is weird to me. Uh, because. Yeah, because frankly, it just, I don't know. It just seems like, there's better options, dude. Like it's not a good series to begin with. I don't understand the appeal I of it. I never too. really got the appeal of. I didn't see it in theaters either. I don't know if it would have made a difference. I saw it in theaters and I was like, yeah. "It's pretty." It just dances you know, like, with wolves, it's a pre- with like, yeah, Pocahontas and other bullshit. No, it it is, and it's like, again, if you're gonna hang your laurels on something, hang it on something that's like interesting. Like, do you think Terminator <laughs> or Titanic? What should he have gone out on then? Like, if he if he should uh, return he to a franchise, what should it be? I mean, I feel like Terminator's been hashed to death. An alien. Yes, totally. Well, he he didn't. That was that's where they. He did Aliens though. Oh, he did do Aliens. And he did he he did the sequel to both of those. It speaks a lot. I did like Alien Aliens Four gets shit on. I do actually like it. Is that Josh Whedon? I think it's I think it's got some good moments. It's got Winoni hmm. Ryder. Uh, well, she's good. Which is, uh, and she's a good part. She would, yeah, I would good. believe her and, uh, next to Gary Oldman more than Jennifer Aniston. Winona, Winona Ryder. Uh, I wish they had uh, made her the main character in the in the fourth one. Anyway, what should you pick? What should you picked? Uh, none of them. I think you should have started a new series. Yeah. You didn't want to see Titanic no. two. Yeah. Jack's Revenge. <laughs> she's haunted by a ghost. <laughs> he comes back. The old yeah, lady who no, tossed he, her thing he, into the ocean. It's it's you know it's it's uh yeah it takes off directly after she tosses it in there. He's like what the fuck? Bloop, he, comes bloop, 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 bloop. And, <laughs> he comes back as um, oh it, it, it it's part of the Caribbean. yeah exactly. Did you do exactly where directly. it was going. <laughs> Directly into (laughs) Captain Jack Sparrow. (laughs) James Cameron, make my movie. (laughs) Bill Nye is great in that series. He is, yeah. Both him and Javier Bardem have similar kind of. (laughs) Yeah, but Javier Bardem is nowhere. I'm not blaming it on him. Uh, It's more. It's more a failing with the movie itself, but. In no way is as iconic yeah. <laughs> a character as Davy Jones. Yeah, I remember. It, it, again, it still holds up. Like it, it holds first three, up. yeah, yeah. Also, the graphics. I'm just thinking of like the visual effects. And there the visual... are some. The Kraken in particular is pretty like. Ooh, that looks like a PS2 cutscene. But for the most part, it's done pretty well. It's only until the very end when. Uh, Jack like s- runs at it and stabs it with a sword. That it's really because they're they're kind mm-hmm. of disguising it, and it's like, oh, that was well done. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not going to take points off because it was you know like 2008 or whatever. Um, uh, so yeah, you, know, you compare it to other ones. Compare it to like Iron Man two. Yeah. What was your opinions on Iron Man two? You liked it, right? No. I'm trying to remember. I you I like the, the third, third one? one? Though, yeah. What was the one that you liked? That was the third one. I was trying to remember which one of the sequels. Yeah, I like the third one. I, I, I like Shane Black as a filmmaker. Um, and that yeah. feels... And maybe this is just like... This is not a good reason, but this is the reason why I like it. It reminded me of like... Kiss Kiss Bang Bang or The Nice Guys or something like that. Because right. that's basically right. what Robert Downey Jr. Oh, was doing in that movie. Uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. The Nice Guy Man. Yeah. So and then and then it's movie. like it, it takes place during Christmas. It's a classic Shane Black that way. Yeah. Adam Pally is in it yeah. for like two seconds as like a super <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. fan. Excuse me, sir. I don't know who. Mom, I need to call you back. Something magical is happening. Tony Stark is in my van. Keep it down. Tony Stark is in my van. No, it's not. I knew you were still alive. Come on in. Wow. Can I just say, sir? Yeah. I'm your biggest fan. 
<laughs> okay. okay. I get a lot of this. It's okay. Oh, good. Can All I right. just say? What do you want? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you could tell, but I have, like, patterned my whole look after you. My hair's a little... It's not right because there's fine. no product in it. Right. Did you know Rob, Adam Pally actually yeah. was uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s like personal assistant for a while? Um, really? Yeah, and there was no real reason for it. It was kind of like I can I can find the interview where he talks about it, but yeah, it's it's like one of the most random things, and that's why he's in the movie because it was like he was friends with with uh, Robert Downey Jr. Um, well, friends is in yeah. like he told him to do stuff. I don't know. Uh, I'd find I find right. that interview again. I think it was a Conan thing, but yeah. Uh, weird stuff. Did you, you used to work for Robert Downey Jr.? I did. Uh, what, how? <laughs> uh, Robert Downey Jr., a, a bunch of years ago, um, and his wife were fans of a show I was on called Happy Endings. Yeah. And they called me um, to come in to, like, meet with them. And when I got there, Robert was like, I want to create a, a web presence. And I was like, why? Well, you, don't, you definitely don't need to do that. Yeah. And he was like, well, I want to anyway. And, and so I was in charge of, like, coming up with crazy ideas for him to do on the web. Uh, he did none of them. Um, and then he put me in Iron Man from that, which was awesome. Um, and since then, now we still, like, he'll text me, like, if something good happens to me and he sees it, he'll, like, text me in the middle of the night. Um, like, weird stuff. <laughs> what do you mean weird stuff? Like what? Like if he sees that, like if he saw a movie of mine or something, he'll he'll text me like, "Hey, it's your big papa here." Uh, <laughs> okay. Like, "Hey, it's your big papa okay. here." Like, you did an exquisite job. You didn't push. You didn't pull. You pulled it right down the middle. Uh, home run, uh, over and out. And you're like, "The hell is going on?" Like, <laughs> just like, First of all, it's like four in yeah. the morning. Just it's sweating. like four in the morning. But I, God knows where Iron Man is. Yeah. And like, and and it's bizarre. And I, I get them, you know, pretty frequently. And does he always refer to himself as Big Papa? No. Sometimes he refers to himself as RDJ, which um, is like, is is like, I'm not gonna be the one to be like, that's not cool. <laughs> They're both pimp, pimp names. Yeah. Basically. They're amazing. I mean, like, if you're if you're Robert Downey Jr., you can be like RDJ here. Um, Can you, though? Yeah, I mean, to me, I still go, like, Ugh. It still is, like, yikes. <laughs> Do you ever send back, like, AP? No. The <laughs> only thing I did say to him once was, like, one time we had a meeting, and he, he showed up. I mean, he didn't show up. It was at his house. But, like, he walked downstairs in no joke what, what looked to be, like, a maternity dress. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, RDJ loves moo-moos, AP. Yeah, so, uh... it was, like, it was bizarre. And it was, like, 11 in the morning, and he, like, rolled downstairs with a maternity dress and, like, a giant Rasta hat. What? And was just he's eccentric, you know, and so and I and so that was the one time where I was like, you know, you look insane, right? <laughs> and what did he say? He goes, do I? <laughs> Rambling. This doesn't really have anything uh, to do with anything. We're just telling stories about. Uh... It's okay. No, just we're just we're just chatting. We're just chatting. Just chatting. It doesn't always have to have a point, Jacob. No, it does. <laughs> Content must flow. <laughs> the spice. <laughs>